0: Dayton is a small rural town in Virginia with a population of 1,530 people, with 1,000 of those being Mennonite. Dayton is known for its farming and a town that most people pass by as they head to a city nearby. Dayton is a 20 minute drive from my hometown and I would drive through to visit friends. And in 2018, Valerie Hayes, Gary Rubin, and Frank and Jennifer Abbott would forever leave their mark on Dayton when they visited
1: welcome to Uneasy, a podcast hosted by Lexi and Cecilia this podcast is a collection of research based on haunting and mysterious events that will leave you feeling genuinely uneasy discretion is advised in the evening hours of July
0: 29 2018 in Valerie Hayes 41 Gary Rubin, 58, and Jennifer Amnett, 36, planned to kidnap five children from two Mennonite families in Dayton, Virginia. Rubin hid in the cornfield and waited until the lights went out, and the parents went to bed. Hayes and Amnett approached in a vehicle wearing Old Order Mennonite clothing, and as they approached, the parents saw them coming. But Hayes was dressed in conservative Mennonite-style clothing, so why would they suspect anything of it? Dayton is a small town of Virginia, so even if they don't remember knowing them, they just think that they're like a neighbor because it's a small rural town.
1: And just to make it clear, they were not Mennonite, correct?
0: No. They had staked out the family and the area to know that this area was predominantly order Mennonites. And so they strategically wore Mennonite clothing to blend in.
1: That's actually
0: unfortunately really smart it's so smart and again like being in such a small town they think that they'll like they ought to know them and they would go to the same church and everything because that town is so small so amnit was behind hayes and as soon as they approached the door amnit showed a gun to the family and forced their way inside. Hayes and Reuben followed. The group held one parent at gunpoint, but did not realize that the other parent had actually taken a cordless phone and ran out of the home. So a lot of Mennonites, especially Old Order, are very particular about the technology, so they could have just researched, like... Traditions within midnight families and didn't expect them to even have the technology to call the police. But when the mother ran out of the home, she did call the Rockingham County Sheriff's Office and she ran and hid in their family cornfield. However, for the dad, he was forced into the basement and forced to land on his stomach and then his hands were bound behind his back with zip ties.
1: That's insane. And I feel like All of that happening seems like they really planned this out. Like they really knew who needed to be contained and knew kind of somewhat what the layout of the house slash surroundings were, especially if they were hiding out in the cornfield prior. So it seems like this definitely wasn't random. No, it
0: definitely wasn't random at all. And again, just to show the fact that they're wearing Old Order clothing, this is not something that you can just buy at Walmart. Like, you definitely have to order it or get it custom made just for you. And there's, like, such symbolism within even the clothing. Like, the colors mean certain things. So there was extensive research to just get inside the family's house. So police arrived shortly after... They were called by the mother, and they met the mom at the cornfield. However, whenever the police started walking towards the house to investigate, Hayes, who is one of the intruders, approached the cop saying that she was a concerned neighbor and saw the lights. Again, she was wearing midnight clothing, and nothing really happens in this small southern town where people are genuinely neighborly. She told the deputy that she was passing by and saw an armed man run inside the house. And even Reuben then
1: joined her as she talked to the deputy. Wow. So they're really, like, kind of playing the police in this moment. Because if, because the moms can't see this happening, right? She's back at the cornfield. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then they're really playing it up that they're not involved when really they're the intruders. And the deputy
0: totally took their word for it and actually instructed the mother to get in the car with Valerie Hayes. And Valerie's supposed to take the mother to the gas station just right across the street and drop her off. That way she was like safe and away from the crime scene. And the mother, in a state of shock, doesn't know what to do. Like obviously she wants to listen to the deputy, but She's pretty sure this person was their intruder. She gets in the car and she gets dropped off at the gas station just right down the road. The cop then went inside the house and arrested Amnon who was still holding the dad hostage. And while this was happening, the mother was thrown out of the car. However, while the mother was in the car, she did see infant clothing,
1: bottles, wipes, and a car seat inside. So they were definitely planning on taking the kids. Like they had supplies for it. The interesting thing is that they had more supplies
0: than for just her kids. I don't like that. That makes me uneasy. (laughs) (laughs) So the mother was even more concerned in just trying to figure out what exactly all of this stuff was for when she was dropped off at the gas station that's when she was able to confront the police but by this time the two people had already fled to Maryland which is about like a five-hour drive from yeah. Dayton Virginia so they head straight there trying to outrun the cops so back to the car having more clothing and diapers and everything than what was needed for these two children Frank Amnett and his wife, Jennifer, had been friends with Valerie Hayes since around 2014. Valerie befriended the Amnets by responding to a blog post that Jennifer Amnett had about the pain and suffering of having several miscarriages. So these people became friends due to the inability to have their own children.
1: How does that evolve into plotting a kidnapping scheme? That is what I am interested in hearing because, I mean, that is something that people can bond over and that's normal. What's not normal is what they did years later. Hayes
0: was very secretive and suspicious in her day-to-day life, even in 2014 when she met the Amnett family. She told them that she worked for the government, that she was involved in investigations and clandestine work. And during this time, she kept witnessing the Mitt struggle to have children and have many miscarriages, and she claimed that with her work in the government, she could help them facilitate an adoption.
1: Yikes. The type of work she's originally claiming to do has nothing to do with adoptions. At all. (laughs)
0: And I don't think that Amnet family even like thought about it. I think they're just looking for some type of hope and adoptions can truly be so expensive. So I think they just latched onto it. They're like, Oh, well, Valerie Hayes is a good person. You know, she has her connections within the government so she can make this happen. And this was all happening within the UK until Valerie Hayes and her her then-boyfriend, Gary Rubin, moved to Maryland. Gary was actually a JV lacrosse coach at a high school in Maryland. After this move, she claimed to the Amnett family that three of her children had been abducted, and she needed their help to get them back.
1: Why does she need their help? Why can't she just go to the cops? Like, why is this family believing these wild, outlandish stories and they had been friends with her already
0: so i don't know why they just were like oh you randomly got three children like these three children just came out of nowhere
1: right what when did you have these kids and if they're packing like (laughs) you said there was like bottles and like infant stuff in their car they're packing all of these things like they're not going to miss her being pregnant or miss if she wasn't pregnant and she was adopting or going through another route. They're not going to miss that aspect in her life. So that's why it's literally so crazy to me. Like, it just popped out of thin air and this couple was like, okay. They believed it and they were promised by Valerie
0: Hayes that if they assisted in the recovery of her three children, then they would receive two additional children as payment for them helping her. And the Amnets even named one of the children Caleb, and they were so excited to help Valerie and just went along with everything that she had been planning. So Valerie told the Amnets that the children lived in two separate homes in Dayton, Virginia. So they traveled to Virginia to survey the homes. And according to Mr. Amnet, he said that they were planning to wait until the father left the home. They would enter the home, hold the mother at gunpoint, take the
1: children, and then murder the mother. Wow. So they were planning on killing the mom. Yes. but That's crazy.
0: It also shows, like, kind of how little they know about, like, midnight families. Because in most Mennonite families, everyone's a farmer and everyone works from home.
1: Yeah, you don't really, like, the dad isn't necessarily... He might leave the physical home itself, but he's not leaving the property, most likely.
0: He's not working a nine-to-five at, like, some
2: place in town. He's not
1: leaving the same way that a traditional American family's parent would leave for work every day.
0: Yeah, and even when one person is usually to travel, they usually, like, a kid is always, like, accompanying them or something. So it really is... I feel rare for just a father to be leaving the home. But that was their plan, and they planned to do the exact same thing at the second home to gather all five children. The second home did have two older children that they did not plan to abduct, and they were going to drug those children and leave them, but they, they were prepared to kill them if they did happen to become witnesses. So, after they were going to abduct all five children, Valerie Hayes and her boyfriend were going to go to Maryland with their children and the inmates were going to head to Florida to separate. So, like, police wouldn't be able to find them. All five children that were planning to be abducted were lo- were younger than eight years old. None of them had any family connection to any of the conspirators whatsoever. And to this day, no one understands why or how these children were elected,
1: yeah, it seems so random that I mean, I've been to Dayton. Dayton is small, it is more stick like than my hometown um it truly is it's beautiful, but it truly is a lot of farmland, um very small town vibes, and i'm I just don't understand how. I mean, they were in Maryland and they randomly pick Dayton and this Mennonite, these Mennonite families. Um, that just seems so strange. I'm wondering if they thought because they were Mennonite that they would be an easier target. But again, there are, I feel like, closer Mennonite communities to Maryland than Dayton, Virginia. I mean, there's Pennsylvania, which is
0: the home of the Amish, which are guaranteed to have less technology than a midnight family in Dayton, Virginia, and this just goes to show that someone can be watching you and you'll never suspect it. You could be at a gas station and you can truly imprint on someone and never even know it and they can be planning something so gruesome later down the road.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. And Dayton is right off of Interstate 81, correct? Yes. So Interstate 81 is known as a sex trafficking highway as well, just because of how accessible it is. And once you get on 81, you can practically go anywhere. So even if, you know, this wasn't for, you know, child trafficking or anything like that, If it truly was Hayes trying to take these children for their own. Um, I mean, you see the two that fled get to Maryland within five hours because they're able to take 81 right on up, you know, through Virginia to Maryland. Um, So that might play an aspect as well when they were picking a place to target children. They might have just looked at a map and been like, okay, what's near? 81 because it's it's really probably what like 10 minutes to the interstate from where this occurred
0: yeah 10 minutes and the thing is there's just not one way to get to 81 like there's also so many ways from Dayton to get there so that's also like if you're trying to outrun the police there's so many different roads so many back roads that you can take to get back on the interstate oh yeah in a second right and then also route 11 runs right beside it going through dayton which a little bit slower than anyone but will take you straight there as well so there was multiple different ways for them to escape home and that was probably one thing that did encourage them to go to dayton virginia it's just as a small town someone never expects that to happen in within their own town It just goes to show, like, there truly is danger everywhere. And even if you're not, like, expecting it, it can happen to you. And these two families, like, they probably hardly ever leave Dayton. I mean, most of the time they're traveling horse and buggy, So it is kind of hard. Mm -hmm. But somehow, some way, Valerie Hayes found these people and they stuck with her to the point where she was planning on kidnapping five children from this town.
1: And we still don't know today why, like, her motives behind the kidnappings at all?
0: No one has said why. And I guess only Valerie can say why, but she has not said. Just know that they surveyed the house several times and, like, chose these two houses and even went as far as dressing up as Old Order Midnight's. Okay. So after the attempted kidnapping... The remaining three kidnappers, so Amnit was caught where he had bound the dad, but his wife, Valerie Hayes, and Gary had all fled to UK. Hayes was arrested in Scotland along with the two others in November of 2018, and she said while she was getting arrested that she was on a mission for Secret Services in Northern Ireland when the attempted kidnapping had taken place in Virginia. So she was not at fault. And she Ugh. should not be arrested.
1: Girl. <laughs> Come on. I'm gonna need some credentials for that one. That's a little. Um can you out show there. me your badge, please?
0: <laughs> so as of now, they are currently being extradited back to the United States. All three of them have repeatedly tried to block their extradition because they they knew that as soon as they got back to the United States, there would be parity of the sentence that they would be faced and convicted upon. And Frank Amnett, the one that was arrested within Virginia, he took a plea in 2019 and was sentenced in 2020. He was sentenced on conspiracy to kill witnesses, which carries a mandatory life sentence. And during this trial, U.S. attorney stated that although the facts of this case read like the script of a bad horror movie, the defendant's murderous plot was real and opposed a grave risk to their intended victims. So as of now, we are currently waiting on the extradition of the three other ones, and then they will face their thing <laughs> as soon as they come to the United
1: States. And no one still knows why. That's crazy. I'm, I'll be interested to see if we receive any more details once they're extradited here and their court cases begin.
0: To understand the fact that this crime had on Dayton, Virginia, we interviewed one of the victim's neighbors.
2: Thanks for the interview.
0: You are a neighbor of the attended kidnapping victims, correct? yes and what exactly did you think of when you heard the initial news of the kidnapping
2: well it was wild nobody actually knew what was going on there was just all these rumors and i think it all started on facebook to be honest um something got released and so i just started texting everybody they knew that lived around here we were all trying to figure it out um Things like that don't happen around here very frequently, so it it was kind of just blowing everyone's minds.
0: The 911 center for the area has its own Facebook page. Do you remember them posting about Tinta kidnapping?
2: I can't remember who posted it. There's uh, like a couple first alert pages for the area that cover, like, a wide span of area. And I can't remember who was the first person to post it. And then it just started being shared to people's Facebooks. Like, this is the rumor for one person. This is the rumor for another person. And it just, like, snowballed, as rumors do. Um, and so everybody was spending all night trying to figure it out.
0: So obviously being from such a small town that creates a lot of local rumors and everyone being on Facebook and like connected with each other, do you remember of any prominent local rumors that were started when the initial news broke?
2: The biggest rumor was which house was it? Nobody knew exactly which house it was. Um, there was a house on the street that sold and everybody thought that it was a drug house, but nobody actually knew. And so the first rumor I heard was that it was from this house being a drug house. And then it was this drug deal gone completely awry. Um, it wasn't for, I think a couple days that we actually figured out which house, what it was. And then it was just like, are you serious? This is just a family home, like a with kids and I I mean just like your small town family. And
0: this happening to such a small town family, has it affected the area since the kidnapping, especially it being such a small little area?
2: I would say for me it has. I'm a lot more cautious. I know that people um, installed like heavier security, but just blocks and stuff like that. I don't know since it's five years later if people still think about it on a frequent basis. But I do know that the initial reaction was just like, oh my gosh, lock up your children. Like, this is bad.
0: And you being a mother yourself and hearing about this kidnapping and living so close to 81, which as a highway is known for a lot of things, including like transporting drugs and humans. Does that concern you, especially with a kidnapping being so close to home?
1: Well,
2: definitely. I mean, as a mother, you're always thinking about your child and I mean, I know I'm, I think about what can go wrong and all this stuff. So it definitely, I wasn't a mother at the time it happened. Um, But now whenever I pass the home, even though it was many years ago, I think about what happened and like how gut-wrenching it would be for something like that.
0: So to this day, no one knows why these two midnight homes, Homes in Dayton were targeted. How does that sit with you?
2: It's scary. Like we are a large Mennonite community, um, and there's large Mennonite communities in a lot of areas. Why were these two homes targeted? And nobody knows. They've never shared it that we know of, at least. And before this interview, I went and did some more research to try and figure out if it was shared. And it has not been. And it just doesn't make any sense why this one home was targeted over everything else. Or even how they got to this one home, to be honest.
0: Completely agree, and it's such a scary thought. Well, thank you so much for the interview.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: When the trials for the three remaining fugitives begin, one can only hope for answers and for the victims to receive closure on why they were selected. Was Valerie planning something bigger or a part of something larger, or was she just somehow attached to only these children from Dayton?